into the contest. It is Thursday, the 10th of June. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, you've just taken your mouth guard off. Uh, the the shoulder pads have just come off. What a win by the Blues, mate! How good was it? It was good old-fashioned state of origin footy, and the Blues they dominated, mate. Fifty to six, the biggest winning margin ever. And uh, yeah, it was a really good feeling. I watched it at Collaroy Pub last night, and um, yeah, the locals there were very much blue, and uh, yeah, it was a good celebration at the end. Yeah, 50 points to six, and of course, you can be a winner right here on Afternoon Sport. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter, and you are in the running for a signed Western Sydney Wanderers soccer ball from Spartan. Just follow us, and there will be a lucky winner over the next couple of weeks. Today on the show, we're joined by a very happy Chief Executive, Dave Trodden, the boss of the Blues, and also today, Nicole Livingston, former Olympic swimmer, ahead of the trials. It was bloody beautiful. That's all we can say. New South Wales were extraordinary. Record books smashed. And uh, Queensland, well, they were bowing their heads as they left Townsville. And I'm sure that the Chief Executive Officer of New South Wales Rugby League is very happy today. David Trodden joins us. Trotto, what a win. I think you just invented a new word, Tim. Beautiful. I've never heard that before, but I like it. I chucked it out on Twitter last night. I thought that. Oh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I think I'll use that. I'll acknowledge. I'll acknowledge the source though, if I do. Oh, we will work, I work with. I work with you, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was fantastic, wasn't it? It's um, young guys playing with a lot of freedom and a lot of confidence, and you, it's a really difficult combination to deal with, isn't it? When you when you've got a team. Um, of youth, high on confidence, um, uh, high on freedom. It's um, it's a potent mix. Now, Trods, uh, yeah, the biggest winning margin ever from a New South Wales team, 50 to 6. Uh, we had Mark Coyne on the show, and Coyne said he thought that our centres would be very good in attack, and they were Tom Trebojevic, uh, Hattrick, and Latrell Mitchell, two tries as well. They were... Uh, they were dynamic, weren't they? Yeah, and a, and a pointer for some for some uh, junior league coaches too, Shane, because we had centres last night playing like old style centres, actually yeah. passing the ball to each other and running off each other. You know, instead of being uh, stuck on either sides of the field and never going any near anywhere near each other. And when you know, two wonderful athletes like Latrell and um, Turbo, uh, you know, individually they're really difficult to contain. But when when they're coming at a defence. Um, Together, you know, it's that's uh, it's yeah. um, a sight to behold. Yes. Have you had many journalists ring you this morning and uh, ask, and you've had to defend why Brad Fittler's going to coach into the future, or uh, is, do, you, do you think you're okay now? No, I haven't been taking calls this morning, Tim. Exclusive. <laughs> uh, I'm exclusive for you guys, but um, you know, Freddie was always going to be the coach next year, no matter what happened this year. And um, when we made the decision to extend him, you know, it was just a, it was the right thing to do. It was a common sense thing to do. But as you said, I don't think this morning too many people are um, casting any doubt about the, 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 the common sense of that call. Now, Dave, we, we haven't won the series yet, but uh, for me, a real big step forward for Nathan Cleary uh, you know, and, and his, uh, his, his partner, Lou I, uh, in the halves there, they were really good as well, weren't they? Yeah, and, and Nathan played tough last night. You know, he mm-hmm. not everything went his way. He got banged up a little bit, and he'll be a little bit sore this morning. But um, you know, he he uh, he, he really he, he had an, an, another sort of uh, limb to his reputation last night. I reckon, yep. and um, uh, he, he was he was fantastic as they all were. You know, even someone like Tarek Sims, who mm-hmm. who is a bit unheralded at times, he he played his best ever game mm-hmm. for New South Wales last night. I thought. 
as well. But, but you're right, you know, one game to go. We Last couple of years, we, um, we've we had the odd sort of um, reasonably big win, one in Perth, one in Sydney last year. And what we know about the Queenslanders is that they always come back after those uh, th- those sort of events. And we haven't won in um, uh, at Suncorp for a few years now. So uh, so that's a big challenge still ahead of us. And no- nobody's... Um, Nobody's getting um, too excited just yet, but nevertheless, very confident. You know that we that we're on the right track and big step towards the series victory. I had a bit of a feeling personally, having covered a lot of football in North Queensland in Townsville, called it sideline, all that stuff. That it wasn't such a terrible disadvantage for us to go there because it doesn't really matter where you're travelling from, and that could be southeast Queensland. It's a long way, and I know that there was a, like a partisan Queensland crowd, but it was. It was a neutral territory, but very different territory for everyone. Yeah, and I reckon one of the feelings I had, Tim, was that it's very, very different psychologically for the Queenslanders because, you know, they feed off the underdog status. The world's against us, and that's their, that's the way they prepare for all of their games. And then, you know, Monday week ago when they announced that the game was going to be up here, their, their language changed, and and they were talking as if they were almost across the line without even playing the game. And... Um, mm. And, and it was a, a totally different preparation for them for that reason, even to the point where earlier in the week, you know, Paul Green's in the press saying, well, no, we really are the underdogs. And, you know, on paper, um, <laughs> they, they've got a better team than ours, you know, desperately trying to sort of um, reverse the, the the rhetoric because I think they felt a little bit uncomfortable with um, the, the, the the sort of additional pressure of um, playing uh, the, the first ever Origin game in Queensland. So it's a different sort of preparation for them. And um, as you say, I don't think it was quite as negative as um, as some people um, expected it to be. And the other thing is we've got a coach who's so positive about things, mm. um, you know, who, who refused to allow any negativity about um, two games being in Queensland um, to start the series. And, um, you know, the players take a lead from that as well. And so... Yeah. Uh, so, so it, you know, you're right. It worked well for us. Hey, Dad, let's talk some numbers, right? So, Palaszczuk reportedly paid about over eight million dollars. So, it's cost her six points. Queensland score. It's cost her about one point two million dollars per point. That's expensive well, you, night out there, isn't it? You're better at maths than me. I'll defer to your greater expertise, Shane. But yeah, <laughs> expensive night out. It, uh, yeah, it, it was. But, uh, oh, what a night. Uh, the Origin Series off to a blast for New South Wales. And, look, we really appreciate you coming on the show today on, on a glorious day. And the sky is shining just a little bit more blue today. I'll talk to you soon, Trotter. I'm looking forward to the call, the celebratory call after Origin 2, Tim. Don't worry. It's, it's coming. See you soon. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, the Olympic trials on this weekend, the Australian Olympic swimming trials. We have former Olympian silver medalist Nicole Livingston with us. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. 
Well, our next guest, not the easiest one to introduce, uh, but uh, I will go with Olympic silver medalist, multiple gold medalist at the Commonwealth Games, uh, amidst many other achievements as a swimmer, and then post-swimming has done so much more. I work with Nicole Livingston for a long time at Channel 9, and it's a real treat to say hello. How are you, Nicole? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Tim? Yeah, no, really good, thank God, really good. I uh, I do want to start with the swimming championships because it's so exciting. It's got a, a brand new broadcaster. We've got so much talent. We've had a bludger of a year and a half worldwide. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this, is, this is exciting stuff this weekend. Yeah, the Olympic swimming trials. Who would have thought we actually got here and let alone in 2021? So um, it's great that we've actually got it up and happening and um, that we're all systems moving towards Tokyo for the Olympic Games. But, you know, um, as you and I both know over the years, there's been lots of discussion about when Australian swimming should hold its trials. Uh, and the last few selection events, we have actually mimicked what the USA does. So, um, you know, we're not far away from the Olympic Games now holding these trials just six weeks prior. And some real talent, isn't there, Nicole? That That's an understatement. Yeah, there are there are some um, genuine medal chances over at the Olympic Games, but the first port of call is to actually make the Australian swimming team, which mm. is, is very competitive. Um, the other thing to contemplate as well is because we've had a delay of 12 months, you know, we've had um, the young up-and-coming stars, the young young kids have an extra 12 months of preparation for making an Olympic team. So those young athletes are really going to be knocking on the door. When we started working together back around that Commonwealth Games period in Kuala Lumpur 98, which was, was a fantastic experience. Oh, come on. I was about 12. Yeah, and I was I was already 20, I would say. But uh, look, yes, yeah, so 1998, in, I use that as a bit of a marker because how it has changed, how the broadcast landscape has changed. And uh, now uh, the whole sports rights is extraordinary. And, and, and swimming here with the Olympic trials is an example of that. Yeah, Amazon Prime, first time that they've dipped into a live sporting event. So we're really excited about um, finding a new home for Swimming Australia. And um, they have just wrapped their arms around us. And it's it's Mm. actually been a relationship that's been going on for quite some time through Amazon Web Services, where they've actually been helping our high performance um, staff be able to simplify the way that they track and analyse data. So when we select our relay teams for the Olympic Games in 2021 in Tokyo, that in in principle will be because Amazon Web Services has actually assisted us in bringing in all of this data on all different sources to one central place that, you know, what would have taken our um, data analysts hours to do will, will take a matter of minutes. And now we actually find a home on Amazon Prime. And we haven't, to be to be honest, um, Gilby, we haven't changed the way that we've covered swimming since about 1956 when it was in black and white. Wow. Um, but Amazon Prime have thrown everything mm. at it. Um, so, you know, the way that you will see the swimming this time round as a customer of Amazon Prime will be completely innovated. Yeah, what an injection. And we're seeing it across a number of sports. We're seeing it with, with soccer slash football, with, with Paramount and Channel 10. We're seeing it with Stan. And and it's like, and this is right across the board. And some of the innovation with Fox Sports, uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a playing field which we've never seen before. Yeah, and, and, you know, customers want to be able to watch um, what they want to watch when they want to watch it. And, and you know, we've seen that evolution take place over recent times. So the fact it doesn't surprise me that sport is landing on these platforms because people want to be able to consume uh, at the right time for them, um, you know, in the comfort of, of whatever setting they choose. So um, I, I just think it's smart. 
I think it's smart for Amazon to be able to jump into the sport that, you know, is really entwined in the fabric and and the DNA of Australia. Well, one of your day jobs uh, is also general manager of the juggernaut, the AFLW, and and all this talk about sports rights is, is just another real sort of carrot for a sport that is really on the move. Yeah, we're really grateful um, and proud that we have uh, we actually have a broadcast arrangement with Fox and, and Channel 7. So of, of the women's sports, we have a broadcast rights fee and we have all of our games live to air. So, um, you know, this past year we had 63 home and away matches and then three weeks of finals that, um, you know, we're really finding that we had this um, and we still have them, this beautiful audience that wanted to get on board with women's sport and, and progressing, you know, women's place in society by getting behind AFLW. Now we've just got, you know, the rusted on fanatic AFL supporters that love seeing their colour Guernsey running around and seeing mm. their team on the footy park um, that are now following AFLW. So we actually made the decision to move the season away from the men's season. So we'll kind of, um, we'll start the return to footy uh, in December of this year with AFLW season six. And then our grand final will be uh, the week prior to the men's starting because we don't want our fans of AFLW having to choose between watching women's sport or watching men's sport. So um, we've given them a nice runway into the men's season with this wonderful product of AFLW. Yeah, look, my children are all sports lovers, including my 14-year-old daughter who who, who loves her sports, uh, soccer, basketball. But the exponential growth of women's sport in this country has just been great to watch. Does the AFLW need another name? Should it, should it, is it, is it at that level now where it should just be branded itself? It's really interesting because a lot of people talk about, you know, do you need to call it AFLW? Surely the mark of equality is that it's just called AFL. Um, but I actually think we've got real equity in our brand. Um, we've, over the last five years, AFLW, or as we call it um, around the place, just W, um, mm. you know, people resonate with it. Our sponsors resonate with it. It's got a unique brand. So I wouldn't be looking to try and change it to being called just AFL. Um, um, I think our mark of equality is what we're offering. We've got 420 women on on contracts with AFL clubs across the nation. And when we finish our expansion with four more clubs to come in, we're going to have 540 female athletes wow. on contract. Um, you know, you think about netball, they've got 90. You think about, um, you know, we're always compared to cricket and, and um, soccer. You know, they're, they're small numbers that they've actually got on contract. Um, so I, I actually love the fact that we're employing more women um, and the job opportunities for women off the field as well are increased by all of these um, teams and, and the league itself. And, and the, in the words of the Carpenters, uh, Nicole, it's only just begun. It's in its infancy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Look, we're in a hurry. Um, everyone's in a hurry. And, um, you know, I was like that as well. And, and I know that um, the generation before me, you know, the Shane Goulds and, and those, it was tougher for them as it was for me for a swimmer in the era that I was in and I look at the swimmers now and there's a lot more support around them now so things do get better we're not at our final destination it's going to take us a bit of time the guys products 150 years old Um, they got to the professional status um, around the 1980s where they didn't have to work another job but having said that Gilby I I, you know me I worked Mm. as well as swam Uh, I worked in broadcast at the same time as I was swimming so I would hate to see us just focusing 
focusing solely on AFLW players being full-time footballers and doing nothing else because that is a train wreck at the other end when your sport stops. Yeah, well, the AFLW is in amazing hands. It's a busy life. Uh, look, you've got three children yourself all over the all over the, the globe now, aren't they? The older, the twins are sort of jetting around the place. <laughs> yeah, um, they're going off to US, um, hopefully, if I can get everything organised. I'm mm. running out of time, um, but they're going off um, on scholarships to US college. My son's a baseballer and my daughter's yeah. swimming. So uh, one going to New Jersey, one going to Florida. Um, so that's going to be great for them. And, you know, I, I took off at about 16, 17 years of age to follow my sporting dreams. So um, I'm really uh, we've raised really well-rounded, fantastic kids. So um, we're looking forward to them taking off. And then the youngest is 13 and he's in year eight, but he's a he's a brilliant little baseball pitcher and, and all-rounder. So um, just trying to keep him in the books so that he, um, you know, can then go off to US college as well and yes. um, get into a good school. <laughs> yeah, it's- Sounds like we're living the same life at sporting fields all over the place, which is which is wonderful. Just finally, look, there's such fascination about what Cody Simpson can achieve at at the Olympic trials. Of course, he's a like a very talented singer and, and extraordinary to get to where he's got to now. Um, what do you think? I think if he can make the final, he's in the the hundred fly. I think he's in hundred fly, hundred free. So if he can make the final of the hundred fly, that would be a huge achievement. He's around fifty three eight. He'll need to be a bit quicker to be able to make that final of the hundred fly. Um, I think the plan for Cody was always to try and make it to 2024. So Mm -hmm. if he can make the final, um, the improvement that he's had over time, he's training with Michael Boll and Janelle Elford or Janelle Pallister now. Um, So having made that move across here, I swam with his mum and dad, um, Angie and Brad. We were teammates on the Australian Mm -hmm. team. So comes from good stock. Um, The sire and the dam are very good. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) So let's see, you know, he's a good age grouper. It's a long time out of the water though, Gilby. Yeah, well, I always follow Sires and Dams being a lover of horse racing. So we got $2 each way, at least for Paris anyway in a few years' time. Nicole, always a delight to have a chat. Thanks for coming on Afternoon Sport. No worries. Thanks. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to David Trodden and to Nicole Livingston. And thank you to our sponsors, Shane. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.